It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal today's show is also being brought to us in part by the title bout championship computer game if you like simulation games this is the game for you just visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and click on the title bout banner. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week boxing channel. That's right. You can uh, catch our channel on all the major streaming devices like Roku. Uh, just visit GinecoUSA.com and sign up today for free. We've got a lot of cool stuff up there on the channel. Uh, we're in our 16th year doing this show, and not only do you get to see some replays of this show, all of the specials we've done uh, over the past 16 years, Billy C. get-togethers, uh, live broadcast, uh, different fights we've covered, uh, post- and pre-fight shows, uh, all that stuff up on uh, the Billy C. Boxing channel. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Kenny Bears, all of his uh, spices, uh, get yourself a bottle today. Visit southerngourmetspice.com, southerngourmetspice.com. And finally, today's show, she's a beer and brought to us in a part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Bettis Men and the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. Get yourself a copy right now where you're watching or listening to this very show. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. Whoa, wait. You looking for a signed copy? Drop me an email, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com, or uh, just visit the website, BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, um, all right, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We've got some fight results, we've got some boxing news. Um, before I give you some of the uh, news that I wanted to talk about and some of the results, uh, one of my thoughts today, it's, it's Super Bowl weekend, man. And here in the United States, and I know we have a, a, a large uh, uh, following, so to speak, viewer and listener base uh, overseas, uh, but here in the United States, the Super Bowl has become like uh, a holiday here. Um, uh, you know, I, I heard uh, uh, some interesting stats of uh, how many, uh, over a billion uh, gallons of beer will be drank today and uh, several billion chicken wings and all kinds of stuff. Uh, a lot of people uh, uh, start uh, their festivities, if you will, 
uh, early today and uh, go all the way on. And, and a lot of people even take tomorrow off from, from work uh, because of all the fun they're going to have on Super Bowl weekend. And for the most part, it's not only just football fans. It's everybody, you know. Um, I talk to everybody, uh, anybody, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, what are you doing Super Bowl? You know, and I never watch any sports except for Super Bowl. With that said, I'm, I think boxing really missed an opportunity. I mean, if, if I'm a, a, a promoter and I want to try to uh, capture uh, a sports frenzied fans – uh, just can't waiting, chomping at the bit for an event that actually is today. I would have tried to stage a big fight. You know, the Fury uh, Wilder 2 fight would have been great uh, last night. Uh, how about the Anthony Joshua Cuba Pulov fight last night would have been great. Uh, a fight with Lomachenko or Triple G or, or Daniel Jacobs. You know, I, instead we, we got, uh, and, and no disrespect to, to this fighter, but uh, Udinus Ugas against Mike Dallas Jr. as as the fight, even the one that was supposed to take place with Victor Postal, um, you know, it wasn't a, a killer fight. Um, it just, to me, it was a wasted opportunity. You know, um, we did get to see some young fighters, which was interesting. I, I mean, I thought that that might have been a, a, a smart move uh, by the PBC. The problem was is that the matchups weren't all that great. Um, there were two fights on the undercard last night. Well, first and foremost, uh, Yudinus Yugas uh, improved to 25-4 and four when he scored a uh, seventh-round stoppage. He, he dominated Mike Dallas Jr., who drops to 23-3 and three with a couple of draws and 11 knockouts uh, in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. Um, Dallas's corner threw in the towel after the seventh round. Um, this was definitely a mismatch. Uh, Mike Dallas Jr., uh, uh, no disrespect to him, but uh, no, no, uh, uh, no chance against Ugas. Um, I, the one thing I, I think is missing with Ugas is, is a little pop. Um, you know, if this guy had uh, punching power, uh, he would be a tough out. I mean, you know, he is that guy, that, that below-the-top-level welterweight um, He's that next guy, and you know he's a, he's kind of an unknown commodity still, I think. Uh, and, and if he's given the opportunity, we'll see how he uh, uh, comes through. Um, one thing I, I I gotta say, you know, I know I've been critical of the PBC, and I'm just gonna continue. I, I mean, is that part of the contract? Like when you sign with Al Heyman, that you get to do a a broadcast? I mean, Keith Thurman. Uh, was there doing the broadcast uh, along with uh, uh, one of the uh, twins, uh, uh, and not the Charlo twins, the, uh, uh, oh, I can't even think of uh, the name right now because they're so great. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, I, not that boxing needs a, a, you know, superstar commentators, but, they need commentators with some kind of continuity among themselves. And, um, you know, I, I just believe that by throwing in uh, the guy that you're supposed to throw in, in this case, uh, uh, Thurman, uh, 
you know, and he he's actually uh, well spoken and 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 stuff like that. It's just that there was no um, continuity, and it just seemed it seemed kind of off all night to me. But uh, anyway, um, in the co-main event, Michelle Rivera improved to eighteen and zero with twelve knockouts when he scored a. A tenth round stoppage over Fidel Maldonado Jr., who drops uh, to twenty-seven and five. Um, the official time was one minute and forty seconds. This was a weird fight. Uh, it was a one-sided fight, in my opinion. Riviera uh, dominating. Maldonado uh, acting like he had something up his sleeve. Uh, when a fighter's smiling that much, they're either cuckoo or. Uh, they're getting their butts beat, and I think that that was happening. Um, in another fight that was uh, on the card, uh, young undefeated Raymond uh, Guadalajara, um, uh, Guillardo, I'm sorry, um, was supposed to have a showcase fight against Clay Collard, and Collard was uh, a fighter, you know, MMA, and uh, he went into the fight five and two with three draws. Um, obviously the matchmaking was wrong. Uh, Raymond, uh, lost the fight, got knocked out at one minute and 42 seconds of the second round. But, but here's where I I get bothered by it. It was an exciting fight and they're all talking, oh, fight of the year, early fight of the year candidate, fight of the year, fight of the year, fight of the year. Well, it was a brutal fight. Yes. Um, it was action packed. Yeah. It, it it didn't last two full rounds, but neither fighter displayed any kind of skill. None. Zero. Zilch. You know, goose egg, baby. You know, I, and, and it's like, how could that be a fight of the year? A fight of the year, to me, is an action-packed fight, but I want to see two fighters that, that have some skill and, and are, are throwing bombs at each other and, uh, you know, showing me some skill. Not just, you know, a, 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 a high school hallway fight, because that's what it looked like to me. And, and speaking of high school, who the hell is, is advising little Raymond, who's a teenager, I think he was only 18 or 19, he quit school to pursue his pr- professional boxing career. You know, I, I, I thought as a general, generally I thought that, you know, kids today or, or people that were going to get into boxing we're being advised at least a little smarter. You know, I complain a lot about Floyd Mayweather and his path, uh, you know, seeking the uh, least uh, challenges and, and uh, you know, uh, it, hard hard path, you know, cherry-picking opponents and stuff. But maybe learn something from a guy like him where, uh, you know, he uses his brain. I, I mean, you know, sports, especially boxing, is short-lived. Whoever would talk this kid into quitting school to become a pro fighter? Now he loses for the first time. He's five and one. I mean, that's not his career is not over by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, fighting the way he did, and not really—I mean, after that first round, you know, the kid goes back to the corner. He—he's the favorite. He's supposed to win. You know, as a trainer. I would have thought they would have said, listen, kid, you got the height advantage over him. This guy isn't too much, uh, uh, doesn't, you know, possess too much of a, a skill set. You know, box him. Outbox him. You know, move around, circle around. No, he goes right back and picks up where he left off in the first round. I, I mean, that's that's terrible training. 
And that's a kid that just doesn't have the experience. And you, somebody advises him to quit school, ah, big mistake, big mistake. I, I'm not sure we're going to see much of him, uh, you know, in the future. Uh, also on that card, uh, I will mention this, uh, the cruiserweight fight was entertaining. Dion Nicholson improved the 13-0 with 12 knockouts when he won a unanimous decision over Earl Newman, who drops his third fight. He's 10 wins, three losses, and a draw right now with seven knockouts. 97-93 and 96-94 twice. Um, I liked what I saw in Nicholson. He reminded me, I, I know people are going to make fun of what I'm going to say, but he kind of reminded me of a Mike Tyson. Um, not as vicious, but maybe he should become vicious. Um, he was fighting a much bigger guy in, in Newman, and uh, Earl Newman uh, uh, is uh, a big fighter. Um, I, you know, uh, he seemingly is improving. Uh, granite chin, and, um, you know, had some pop. Uh, I think it was a great fight for Nicholson. This is the kinds of tests you want to give to a guy after he's got 10, 12 fights under his belt, just like they did. You know, he didn't get the knockout that he wanted, but he went to distance, and I'm sure he learned a lot. Keep an eye on Dion Nicholson. Uh, I love the cruiserweight division, and I think he's going to be a player, uh, although he seems small. But uh, let's see. He's young. He's young. Some fights on Thursday night. Um, Demetrius Andre uh, knocked out uh, uh, Luke Keeler um, in the uh, ninth round. Uh, dropped him a couple of times early. I, as a matter of fact, in the first, I think, 10 seconds of the fight, he was down. Um, again, I'm going to make a reference to um, Floyd Mayweather. Demetrius Andrade, Flo Floyd Mayweather was a, 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 a fighter. Everybody knows I, I wasn't a big fan of his. Um, but but here's the thing. And, and I've been critical of Floyd throughout his whole career about how he runs and how he cherry-picked and all these things. But but here's the difference. Floyd Mayweather possessed skills, and he would show them during a fight. My hang-up with Floyd was that he didn't show us enough. He did enough to win. He didn't have any exciting fights. You know, I, I mean, but the, the, during his fights, there may have been some points where the excitement level rose a bit. Um, and... You know, I, I was always, and, and most fans were always craving for more from Floyd, and he never delivered. And I think that that's been my hang-up. Demetrius Andre is a boring fighter, and he doesn't do what Floyd did. He doesn't give you excitement. He showed uh, that he didn't even possess that much skill against, and no disrespect, Luke Keeler. Yeah, he dropped him, but so what? Keeler was there as a sacrificial lamb in a punching bag. They wanted Demetrius Andre to get the knockout win, which he did. He showed no skill. He he he, he's a boring fighter. And to suggest that he's going to be a match, a potential matchup for any of the other top middleweights or super middleweights is ridiculous. He wouldn't stand a chance with Triple G. Daniel Jacobs destroys him. Canelo destroys him. You know, you want to go to Billy Joe Saunders? I think Billy Joe Saunders beats him too. You know, I you know, I, I mean, David Lemieux would be a, a an interesting fight against Dimitri Andre. But a big money fight for Andre? I don't know. Ryota Morata, uh, Murata, the the champ from Japan. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight. 
they were actually talking about that fight for Canelo, which I, I was shocked to, to even hear that Canelo um, would need a bigger name than him. But uh, uh, I, I don't know, man. You know, Demetrius Andre, no disrespect, he's a boring fighter, and he's not going to change. It is what it is. Uh, but nonetheless, he improved to 29-0. and 0. What does it take him? I don't know. I'm not looking forward to seeing him fight again. Uh, like I said, you know, at least Floyd gave us glimpses of greatness during his fights. Uh, I know people talk about his defensive skill, but he displayed hand speed and punching accuracy um, sometimes during his fights, uh, just enough to make him pound his chest and say he's the best ever. Demetrius Andre can't say it. Can't say it. I'm sorry. Can't do it. Um, and I thought he was, he did possess talent. He didn't show it against Luke Keeler, and he's certainly not going to show it against a better fighter. And when you looked at his pedigree, he really hasn't fought anybody. Uh, so I'm not impressed with Demetrius Andre. Now, who I'm impressed with is Jojo Diaz. Um, Jojo Diaz, now, you guys heard it here first last week. I predicted the upset. I said it. Everybody told me after the show I was nuts. What are you, crazy? Tevin Farmer is such a boxer. He's such a skilled guy. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, when I when I dissected the fight here on this show, I also brought up the level of opposition that both fighters had. And Jojo Diaz fought the tougher competition. Make no mistake, he did. Um, does he have more skill than Tevin Farmer? No. But he attacked Farmer. Something was off with Farmer. Um, uh, you know, obviously... But uh, Diaz uh, won that fight. How they let the fight, that, that was one of the most grotesque cuts I've ever seen. But congratulations to uh, Jojo Diaz. He won a unanimous decision, 116-112 and 115-113 twice. Uh, he's now uh, a champion, uh, third time's uh, a charm. Uh, he's 31 wins, one loss with 15 knockouts. His only loss coming to Gary Russell Jr. Tevin Farmer loses for the fifth time in his career. Uh, 30 wins, five losses, and a draw with only six knockouts. Um, uh, also, uh, that night we had another uh, uh, dethroning, if you will. Uh, Daniel Roman uh, lost his uh, titles to Murodon uh, Akademilov, uh, who improves to 8-0 and with six knockouts. It was a split decision. Uh, 115, 115 twice for Akademilov, and uh, one uh, judge saw it in in uh, Danny Roman's favor. 115, 113. Uh, look for both of these rematches uh, with these two fighters. And uh, on Friday night, there was a uh, a, a cruiserweight fight. I, I like to keep my eyes on the cruiserweights. Um, the WBC cruiserweight title vacant. WBC cruiserweight title was on the line. Uh, Junior Alunga Makabu uh, improved to 27-2 with 24 knockouts when he scored a 12-round decision, unanimous decision, over uh, Michael uh, Sislak, who drops his first fight, 19-1. with the way the three judges scored that fight. Um, you know, I, I, I've always liked the cruiserweights. Um, that's why I'm, I'm, you know, looking forward to keeping my eye on, uh, on the cruiserweight, uh, Nicholson that I spoke about earlier. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a division that I believe should get, uh, more, um, recognition, at least here in the States, uh, big guys, uh, usually, uh, hand speed, um, and, uh, punching power. Uh, to me, they represent uh, uh, the old 
uh, style heavyweight, the old size of the heavyweight, I should say. Uh, and a heavyweight in my mind, uh, because he's uh, uh, a monster of human beings, and I don't mean physically sized, just being a great guy. Sal Rocky Senecola joins us. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? I'm doing well, my man. I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing very well myself, pal. Thank you for asking. A uh, couple fights last night. Did you get a chance to see the Ugas fight against Mike Dallas Jr.? Yes, I did. And, and let me tell you, um, Ugas is a good dominant fighter. I like him. And, uh, yeah, he uh, he looked like he just uh, was having fun out there. And uh, he was very dominant throughout the fight. And, you know, when I first saw the stoppage, I was like, wow, what's going on? And uh, But, hey, why not? It was, uh, it was good. Hey, I, I want to ask, was Bill Clancy, is he related to Gil Clancy? No, he's not, but... Uh, but but Bill is a guy that I met early on when I started getting into boxing. He was uh, trying to, he yeah. actually helped me promote uh, some fights in the Carolinas. Um, and uh, he's a great guy. He's been in the business a long time. And uh, how about him yelling at the corner? You know, it reminded me of a, it reminded me when, when my kids were little, I, I coached a, you know, little league level and, and I remember a referee throwing all the parents out of the, out of the game because they were heckling and being being tough on the kids and, and him. And uh, the guy stopped action and, and made all the parents get their folding chairs and leave the field, which uh, reminded me last night when when uh, Bill Clancy turned around and uh, and started yelling at the corner. You know, he's like, what, what? he said something like, do you want to ref or, or something like that or let me ref yeah, or yeah. something like that. But, um, um, you know, did you watch the whole card, Sal, last night? I did. And I, I thought it was too many fights, and they kept saying co-featured, double co-featured. It was, it, was, it was crazy. Well, you know what? I, I, did, I, I did enjoy that they showed the whole card uh, personally because it was really nothing else on. But did you catch the no. fight with um, in the junior middleweight division? Clay Collard uh, took on the young undefeated uh, uh, Raymond uh, Guayajardo. Uh, which uh, was they're saying was a fight of the year. It was just it was a bombs away fight. It only lasted less than two rounds. You, you recall the fight? Oh yeah, I do. And and yeah, he, he was very dominant. But how the heck do you call a few rounds a fight of the year by B B style fighting? You know, it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, that, I... and and I couldn't believe all the slips last night. Now. When I first started boxing and I won the Golden Gloves, we had leather bottom shoes. The trainers would have to score the bottom of us to get any traction. But then they came out with rubber sole shoes, and the grip was great. You know, you could just leverage yourself and push off your rear leg and drill home a great punch. But last night, I couldn't believe all the slips, all the not knockdowns that were ruled and and I, I'm not I'm not big on that. If you're you're off your feet and it was due to a punch, you're knocked down. Yes. Yes. Um uh, that that one where you guys dropped Dallas and Clancy called it a slip, his back foot kept 
kicked out. But it was because he was trying to gain traction <laughs> after he got I mean, it was a solid punch. I, they're going, yeah, he oh, didn't yeah. hit him. The one announcer's going, I don't know if it was Thurman uh, or the, one of the, it was Durrell, Anthony Durrell. I couldn't think of his name earlier. Um, uh, I, I don't know which one it was uh, that said it. But he says, oh, yeah, he missed him. And I'm saying, what? Not on my TV he missed him. Yeah, I mean, it landed. That no that should have been that should have been a knockdown 100%. And I think what's happened today and the reason why they're slipping so much is all the decals on the canvas. You know, uh, well, you know, point. you know, they, they have that. But let's get back to that uh, junior middleweight fight. Um, could you believe now you're a father, you got two sons, uh, great kids. Uh, and, uh, you know, this kid, Raymond uh, Guayajardo, and I'm probably uh, pronouncing his name wrong and I, and I uh, apologize, uh, was advised or at least quit school, quit high school to become a pro. And, you know, I say to myself, how could anyone advise a kid, especially in today's world, and especially in a sport like boxing, to quit school to pursue a professional career, and he lost for the first time last night. What's your thoughts on that as a, as a father? I thought it was pathetic. I mean, my father, education was everything. My father was a genius when it came to small business and running them. And I learned from him like a, like a master. And uh, no, education is everything. I mean, if you don't, and he, he always just say, Sal, you could turn pro, and I'll support you and make sure you know you're, you're taken care of. But you uh, <clears throat> you've got to remember, education is everything. What are you going to do after fighting? What are you going to do this? I, I went to college, then I went to beautician school, learned how to become a hairdresser. Yes, I said that, ladies and gentlemen. I was, a, and I still am considered a hairdresser. I used to do the. the uh, Highlighting. I used to do the perms. I used to do haircuts. I used to do everything. And uh, I had my own salon. That's my father's idea. He was a marketing genius. We called my first salon the uppercut, where all hairstyles were a knockout. And as long as you can't give your pizzas a haircut, I'm okay, man. I don't want any hair in my pizza, you know? Forget about it. <laughs> oh, won't happen. Thursday Thursday night there was some fights on. I don't know if you got a chance to watch them. Demetrius Andre no. fought. Did you watch? Okay, all right. Um, but JoJo Diaz won, uh, which I was uh, excited about. I'm I'm a fan of JoJo I like Diaz. JoJo. Yeah, he won, and you should have seen the cut uh, on uh, uh, on his uh, eye that he sustained in the very first round. He he went to distance with it. it was grotesque. But I my thought of the day here, Sal is, you know, Super Bowl weekend. And I'm sure, uh, you know, you own a restaurant. I, I know that you got something going on. I'm sure you would uh, for today for the Super Bowl. And, and there's a lot of people like to come in and uh, go out uh, or, or go to parties or, or whatever for Super Bowl. I mean, it's become almost a holiday here in the States. Um, yes. You know, I, I want to I, – I'm shocked at boxing didn't take advantage and and you know somebody's gonna i know somebody's gonna say what do you what do you what do you mean you guys fought yeah yeah I, I don't mean you guys i mean like maybe the rematch with uh 
uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder or or Anthony Joshua fighting Pulev or a Lomachenko fight or a Triple G fight or a Danny Jacobs fight or a Canelo fight. A big, a big name should have been fighting last night, in my opinion. Because I think what? that Super Bowl weekend is a, is the biggest sports weekend here in the United States. By far, the biggest sports weekend. People start getting jacked up um, early on. You know, they're talking about the Super Bowl all week. Uh, I think boxing failed. They should have grabbed that opportunity uh, to expand its viewer base. What are your thoughts on that? I think you're absolutely right, Billy C. These guys don't learn they i mean it is a big big sports weekend so showcase it with a big big super fight and they just fell well short of that um maybe they'll take a cue and produce it next year but uh, i think they should because that would make that would that would help with the exclamation mark and uh that's it i'll tell you they 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 let us down on that level. Well, I, I think I think that the argument would be, well, you know, too many people are going to be focused on the Super Bowl. They're not going to watch the, a boxing event. But I, I, I mean, that that could be the counterpoint here. But uh, but I disagree. I, I I think that you know I know for myself, um, you know, I, I'm a I'm a sports fan. I mean, of course, boxing is my sport, but um, I like other sports. And and I think when you have that that you know feeling of it's a sports weekend why not put a big fight on you know i i mean I, no disrespect to you guys and mike dallas jr but that wasn't that wasn't the fight that should have been uh super bowl eve no i agree with you bill you're 100 you're right these guys they should listen to your lead a little bit <laughs> <laughs> hey sal uh speaking of super bowl um, I've been asked uh, all week about my thoughts on the on the big game and everything else, and I know you're going to watch it. Uh, what's your What's your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Are you Do you have any uh, picks for the game, or uh, what, what's give Give us your uh, your Super Bowl predictions and thoughts. You know, I I I do like football, but only when the New York Giants are in it, and uh, even the Jets, uh, but. Uh, yeah, we know why. We know why all of a sudden you're starting to like the Jets. It's because of my man Pat Ryan stops into your restaurant, and you don't want him to feel slighted. Come on, don't be BSing me, man. You know, I mean, yeah, you were you were Giants, you were, you were Giants fan through and through. Now that he comes in the restaurant, you got you threw up a Jets shirt. Come on. Oh yeah, I mean he's a he's a good man. I'll tell you that he really is, and he comes by every year with his family, beautiful family. And uh, I'll tell you, we, we enjoy having talks about the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Just don't just don't egg them on to talk negatively about my my boys. But uh, do you have a prediction today? <laughs> Who's going to win today? Yeah, the fight, the uh, the game, the Super Bowl. Forty ers or uh, the Chiefs? Who are you rooting for? You know. I love the 49ers only because I love Joe Montana. And, uh, you know, he, he, he did an incredible job. Um, so I like the 49ers. But, you know, Kansas City Chiefs are strong. They're just dominant. 
and it's going to be hard to shut them down, um, their offense down. But we'll see. I I, I I can live with a 49er victory. I can also live with a Chiefs victory. And that's why I'm enjoying the two top teams duke it out today, tonight. And I look forward to a couple commercials. And I'm going to score those, too, <laughs> on a 10-point must system. <laughs> You know, uh, the, the the thing is, is I, I've always been a 49 I, I'm a Jets fan, but my second team has always been the Niners. And I'm going back to the John Brody, before Joe Montana. John Brody was a quarterback for them for, for a while and uh, uh, loved uh, loved the Niners back in the day. But uh, in any event, well, Sal, I hope you uh, have a great uh, uh, time uh, watching the game and uh, doing whatever you guys are going to be doing at the restaurant. And uh, we look forward to next week, brother. Me too, my friend. I'll talk to you definitely during the week, and I'm going to go uh, get something in the mail for you tomorrow. Hey, that sounds good, but I will definitely talk to you this week about next week and the week after, all right? All right, Billy C. Have a great day, guys, everybody out there in, in uh, Billy C. Boxing land. And I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me on today. All right, brother. Have a good one. That's uh, my main, main man, Sal Rocky Senecola. And uh, nobody's better than Sal. I, and listen, if you haven't been to his place, you got to stop by, man, because, uh, you know, I always open a show saying that I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. I'm not kidding you. I'll tell you the truth. I, not to start talking. It is Super Bowl Sunday, so I'll start talking about food. Every dish I've ever had, I mean, make no mistake, I go in there for, for pizza, but every dish I've ever had in there has been phenomenal. But the side, when he gives me the choice of having the sautéed spinach, oh, my God. It's, uh, uh, I can't tell you how much uh, I enjoy. But uh, check out uh, uh, Sal's uh, uh, place when you uh, get the chance, that's for sure. But uh, in any event, um, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed that... Uh, that they did not um, take advantage of uh, uh, of you know putting on a bigger bigger fight uh, in my uh, in my opinion uh, for the Super Bowl weekend, but uh, that's that's just little old me. Uh, Anthony Joshua Kubot Pulev, uh, they are uh, uh, they got a extension uh, according to uh, uh, Eddie Hearn. We will have. Um, a a decision on when and where the fight will be taking place. They have until uh, the 14th of uh, February, a good old uh, Valentine's Day, so we'll be looking forward to that. Would have been nice to have that fight uh, on Super Bowl uh, weekend. But, uh, hey, who, who am I? Who am I? I'm not uh, uh, one of the guys to come up with the great, the great ideas and the, the fights. Although, uh, speaking of Matchroom, he wants to put Ant, uh, Antonio Brown against the other YouTube, against the YouTube star, which I don't even watch. But joining us right now, my man Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning, Billy C. What'd you think of the fights last night, my man? I don't want to. Oh, last night. All right. I, I thought you were trying to talk about that. Uh, those YouTubers from. Uh, no, I, I. I don't even discuss. They, they are not in my discussion. I. I'm, I give them all credit for for the fan base that actually wants to watch them, but and they both made pro debut. Eh, no, let's not even talk about it. Let's let's talk about the Ugas Dallas fight first. The um, 
I don't know. Were you following me on social media last night? Because I'm listening to the show, and I swear you just—you go to my Facebook page, you, you repeated pretty much a lot of what I said. You know, when it comes to Ugas, you know, he's a guy who has all the skills, but for whatever reason, whether or not it's you know that Cuban style mentality, or you know, it's just hard to explain. Or I also mentioned um, about the pop. You know, maybe he just he's lacking that pop on his punch. That keeps him from being, you know, up there with, with the absolute leap. But, you know, he's not an exciting fighter. He's an effective fighter. And um, last night, you know, him uh, breaking down Mike Dallas, I mean, uh, you know, Dallas Jr. is no surprise. Just um, what what does that do for his career? I don't know. But, uh, you know, you guys, with all these titles out there, you'd think he'd be able to grab himself a belt. But um, he's going to have to get a fight against maybe somebody like Danny Garcia. In order to, um, you know, remain relevant and, and and to win over a guy like Danny Garcia, to remain relevant as a name that people are going to watch, you know, considering both his both his losses, you know, they were close, but you know, um, he's only faced, you know, guys in the you know the lower twenty five level, other than uh, Sean Porter, in, and and uh, over the last couple of years. You know, I, I I like I would like to see a fight with him and Danny Garcia. Uh, he was uh, talking about a rematch with Porter, but he said he would put it on on hold. I mean, any one of those guys, he does need uh, a, a big name on his resume with a W next to it. How about Adrian Broner or or uh, Lipitz uh, uh, or even Amir Khan? I know they're all. I know Amir Khan is is over the hill, but you know he needs to to get one of those wins. You know, I. I mean, you know, he's saying he wants a, a world title shot. Well, you know, Manny Pacquiao is a title holder. Um, to me, that's a safe fight for Manny if he wants to continue. I think he out. Uh, I think he beats you guys. Errol Spence. Uh, I'll give an update on him. He's not fighting soon, anytime soon. And Terence Crawford's got bigger fish to fry. I think his his options are limited, Dax. Oh yeah, they are limited. Absolutely, I agree. Um, a fight against Porter. A rematch against that, I don't know. I actually believe that uh, Porter would do better in the rematch. But uh, um, Ugas against Manny Pacquiao, even this version of Manny Pacquiao, Ugas doesn't throw enough punches, and, and you know, and that's his problem. He just doesn't uh, let his hands go enough. Uh, um, but you know, in terms of his overall boxing ability, you know, it's fantastic. Um, a name Adrian Broner. You know, it's come to the point now where Adrian Broner is expected to be beaten. So a loss to Adrian Broner would, or even a poor performance against Adrian Broner would uh, would uh, be more harmful than beneficial. So I, I, um, I, I would avoid that fight. But um, see, uh, he did have the win what, over Omar Figueroa Jr. And um, yeah, that you know he has to get himself uh, you know one of those names up there that fans can recognize, and he has to win um, decisively. Even if he did for Broner, he'd have to you know dominate Broner. Thursday night, I I did all I could to stay awake and and watch Demetrius Andre. I made it. I made a reference to Floyd uh, earlier, um, and you know Floyd. Everybody knows I'm not a big fan or whatever. But Floyd, over uh, the course of a fight, would sh at least show us glimpses of his brilliance. Um, you know, I, everybody tells me how great of a defensive fighter he is. My my comment is always, well, he you know he runs. He's at the other end of the ring. He's not inflicting damage on his opponent. He's avoiding punches, but he he's not in position to throw a punch. But at least when he exchanged the, the for the few times during the fight that he did, he displayed punching accuracy. He displayed hand speed. Uh, he displayed head movement. He showed us 
that he's a, a great fighter. Demetrius Andre doesn't. He was a boring fighter. He did. He looked. He looked amateurist, um, trying to take out Keeler. Obviously, he wanted a big win, and he just he looked. I, I, it's like I could care less if I ever see him again. What was your thoughts on that fight? Well, I mean, Andre, you, and again, you mentioned uh, before something that we've actually spoke about, you know, quite a few times where there were such high hopes for him, and, you know, he had the promotional problems and so on. Then he gets with Eddie Hearn, which was, you know, the best thing happened to his career. You know, he, um, he dominated, you know, some really good names early on. Then all of a sudden, he became complacent enough to do just enough to win. Um, now, when just like we we're speaking about with Ugas, if you want those big fights and you want to remain relevant, just winning isn't enough. You know, you have to win in a fashion that the fans are going to appreciate it and they're going to want to see you in there against those big names. You know, so no matter how many names you get, when you're having performances like the ones that Andre has been given out the last 10, 15 fights. Um, against levels of guys like Luke Keeler, you know, no offense to Luke Keeler, he's, he's a tough kid, but, you know, just going out there to get the win isn't making you marketable, and just going out there calling out names isn't going to uh, make you any more marketable. You know, he wants that Canelo fight, but uh, Canelo's going to face off against um, Ryota Murata next. I'm pretty sure, um, if I'm not mistaken, that's all signed, sealed, and delivered. No, no, it's not. It's not. If they, it, it, uh, I just got an update on that. It's, uh, it fell through. They're not uh, moving forward with that. That fight's off the table, and it, they're focusing on a May 2nd uh, fight between um, Canelo against either Billy Joe Saunders or Callum Smith. That was the uh, the latest. Yeah, I was out in town for, um, it was Thursday last I heard that they had, um, um, that was all ready to go and just to be announced officially. But, um, you know, back to Andre I, no matter what, he's not going to get that, you know, Canelo fight, even now that, you know, the uh, Murata fight fell through. You know, um, he needs a, a tough fight. Maybe a guy against um, Sergei Derevchenko, who is, he has all the goods. Um, he lacks a few things that Andre doesn't, ha that uh, Andre does have. And he would force Demetrius Andre to fight a style that the fans want to see that, um, you know, afterwards the fans will say that they'd love to see him in there against, you know, one of those more marketable names. Um, how about maybe even a fight against um, a Chris Eubank Jr. or um, yes. a Jaime Mungaya, who uh, yes. is, you know, a strong fighter, but he's very beatable and can be outboxed and Demetrius Andre he wouldn't really have to um, take it up step up that much in terms of his volume his output change his style all that much just be a little bit slightly more effective and a guy like Mungaya can actually make the fight look more exciting than what it is if you know if that makes sense but either one of those opponents a win over them that would you know do wonders for uh, Demetrius Andre and would have fans actually saying there's the guy that we knew was uh, there, there's the fighter that we knew had the potential to be one of the top names. Now let's see how he does against one of the top names. Right now, people are saying, just as you said a few minutes ago, I can care less if I ever see him fight again. The thing is, is the names he's calling out, Canelo and Triple G, there, there's no way he stands a chance. But I agree with you 100%. Chris Eubank Jr., uh, Mugaya, a great fight against Mugaya. Charlo, Jamal Charlo would be a, a fight I would love to see. Deverinchenko, I think, might be too tough for him, believe it or not. But but even uh, Murata, I think Murata would be a good fight uh, in Japan for him. You know, so there are some fights for him, and he would need to perform much more exciting 
or like you say, fight a guy that will make it exciting, like a Mugaya or or uh, a Charlo, uh, even Charlo. Listen, I, I I don't think too highly of the Charlo brothers, but the, he'll try to make it a fight, and uh, maybe that's what uh, uh, Andre needs. But uh, uh, JoJo Diaz, I predicted he would beat Farmer. Everybody thought I was crazy. I loved the fight, uh, but how about that cut? Was that a, I was having a hard time looking between you know uh, between rounds. I mean, maybe we were focusing on that cut. I'm shocked that they kept it under control for for the whole fight. Yeah, they they did. They did a great job on that cut, and uh, good for Diaz because you know that that happened early. And you're right, that was in a terrible spot, right on the not like just above the eyelid, but it was across the eyelid, and you know it was like you know protruding out there. It was it was a nasty looking cut. But you know lately we've seen some pretty horrible cuts where they've let go. Uh, you know the Badu Jack cut uh, in his fight against Marcus Brown was terrible. How that how that remained. Um, going in that cut wasn't under control so you know things worked out in Diaz's favor you know third time was the charm for him um well I don't know what was going on with Tevin Farmer um you know I'm not trying to uh, take anything away from Diaz's performance he stayed composed he fought smart and now he's a world champion uh, you know the rematch we'll see then you know maybe if it was an off night for Tevin Farmer or you know Diaz just you know didn't went in there and lived up to his potential you know I have to see then uh, you know the old saying uh, Bill you're not really a world champion until you, you defend that title especially when it comes to a rematch against against the former champion I do know that Tevin Farmer was brought for um CT scans and not after the fight well, you know so they must have been concerned about something um, I believe uh, both those scans came back okay so who knows? You know, maybe um, this is you know it's the right weight for him. It was the right moment for him, and this is the second uh, chapter of uh, Jojo Diaz, Jojo Diaz's uh, career. Uh, remember, uh, that was his 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 last uh, t- opportunity at a title. He actually, I believe, he won that fight, but because he was overweight, he couldn't win the belt. Right. That that was throwing me off when we were talking about that last week. Cause, oh yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, because he he had lost to Gary Russell Jr., but then he he didn't hit weight. And that's why he couldn't win the title. That's why it was his third attempt. Because I'm saying to myself, how could it be his third attempt? You know, he's only got the one loss. But uh, I forgot about the weight issue. But um, as far as uh, uh, his fight with Tevin Farmer, you know, Jojo Diaz has always been an action-packed fighter. He comes forward. He lets his hands go. He works the body beautifully. The one thing that I think that Jojo needs to improve on, Dax, and, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts, is his punching accuracy. I think that now, listen. I mean, Tevin Farmer is a great boxer. He's he he's hard to hit and everything else. So maybe that had something to do with it. But what I noticed a lot in the fight was that JoJo Diaz was just a little off, just a little off. And and Tevin Farmer wasn't wasn't avoiding punches as great as he usually does. So I, I don't know. I think if if you go back to the uh, you know drawing board with JoJo. You got to work on his punching accuracy and maybe a little more head movement. What's your thoughts? If he's going to remain, you know, with so many titles out there, Bill, you know, since I mentioned, you know, being a champion before, you know, it's one thing, you know, to be a title holder or be considered, you know, one of the champions. And this is a pretty packed division. And in order to, uh, in order for Jojo Diaz to be considered up at that top, he's going to have to face at least the opponent level of the other champions in that division. And there's some really good guys in that division, even though, you know, you got Leo Santa Cruz, uh, Miguel Burchell, you got uh, uh, Rock, uh, Rockamoff, you know, so Jojo Diaz, he's definitely going to have to 
um, not only is he going to have to um, increase uh, that accuracy, he's going to really have to increase the output of his punches because this is you know, a division full of veteran fighters that they all go out there, they all fight hard, they all have that knockout mentality, and they're all at the, you know, that very top of, of you know, the food chain. So, you know, Jojo Diaz, he's got himself a title. Um, he's 31-1 and one right now. Um, he's living high off this Tevin Farmer fight, so let's see what he does next. But, you know, he does have some work inside of him if he wants to remain, you know, among the elite. Well, they did mention multiple times during the broadcast that Farmer did have a rematch clause, and uh, they're just now that it's a question of when he wants to exercise that. But uh, jumping back to the uh, fights last night, uh, you know, I, the the young fight with uh, Clay Collard and and I'm probably pronouncing Raymond uh, his last name cor- uh, incorrectly, but Guajardo uh, or Jardo. Um, this kid was highly touted, uh, comes in the fight undefeated. Uh, they, they seemingly picked a, a, a tough-looking guy that they were going to run over. Um, and, you know, we saw bombs away for less than two rounds, and, and uh, Raymond loses the fight. Um, two things I, 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 I wanted to comment on. Number one is they're talking about it being potential fight of the year. I don't know. I mean, does action-packed and and trying to kill each other uh, justify fight of the year, or do you want to see a little, just a little bit of boxing skill mixed in there? Because I didn't see any. I just saw two guys. Just it was like a high school fight, you know, and uh, two guys going at it. And speaking of high school, my second point: he quit high school to become a pro and signs with PBC and uh, uh, loses for his first fight. You're, you're smack in the middle with youth and, and boxing and stuff. Would you ever tell a kid? I, I mean, is there reasons you would tell a kid? I should rephrase it because I, I know the first answer. But would there be circumstances where you would advise a kid to, to uh, pursue his professional boxing career over his education? No, absolutely not. Um, in fact, I just had a similar conversation with a couple kids the other night on our way down to a, um, a boxing card in Jersey where um, they were talking about, well, if, you know, I won, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and, and turn pro at this age and, you know, and then I could retire by this time. And I said, well, you know, understand boxing, you know, like every sport, one fight, you know, or, or one play, whatever, you know, depending on what the sport is, you know, that can end your career. And the money that you have at that point in time assuming you did make a lot of money and in boxing it takes a long time before you're on that level that money's going to go quick and you always want to have something to fall back on and i believe um came up with something one of the kids was saying you know he liked to cut hair or and i said you know what if if, if, just something anything like that that you can develop a skill that you can fall back on and you know and education is the most important you know if uh, kids came over at our gym and we found out that you know whether or not they were skipping school or their grades had dropped and that you know we speak to the parents and and, you know tell the kid listen man you got to get this taken care of in school you know worry about that first so whoever advised this kid to do that or the people around him even though his promoters and his trainers that you know, aren't sitting there telling this kid, listen, you need to go back to school. That's the most important thing. Boxing's going to be here when you're done. You're only 19 years old. You know, I, they're not doing this kid any favors. You know, it's, you know, that's horrible. Um, you know, I obviously, you know, he's 19, so his parents can't sit there and, and force him to go back to school. No, I, and and I and, and I, that was a fight even worse, Bill. Well, that was the type of fight last night. Um, you know, Guardo, he doesn't have this. Uh, 
really huge uh, amateur uh, background, you no know, Olympic medals or something like that, that makes that gives him you know huge fanfare. And that was you know quite a brawl last night, and the type that can actually ruin the confidence of a 19-year-old. Exactly, and and. You know, now all of a sudden, and we all know the emphasis with an undefeated fighter, the kid is 5-1 and one now. Now all of a sudden does he get fed. He didn't display, listen, it was an action-packed fight while it lasted. There's no question. And and I'd be lying if I said I don't love watching that. But he didn't dis- display any kind of skill set. If In the second round, if he would have come out and tried to outbox Collard, which he probably could have, I mean, he had the height advantage, and, and, he, and you know, it, it seemingly looked to me that he had some type of a jab. I mean, I, it started in his corner, not giving him the right instruction. Um, I, I don't know. This I feel bad for this kid because, like you said, 19 years old, um, it, it doesn't look good. I, you know, maybe, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. No, I, I do too, but, you know, it's always something. And I was using... Um... Who did I use as an example? Victor Ortiz, I believe. I was using as an example one of the kids. Say, um, I said, you know, as you you know who Victor Ortiz is? Yeah, I said, you know, he went, he got his, um, he won a world title. He had some big fights, and then he went back and he actually got a, uh, an education. He actually graduated, um, you know, college. So you know that shows you even fighters realize how important that it is. Yeah, we got to have something after boxing, right? So yeah, yeah, you have to. Boxing is a young man's sport. Errol Spence Jr. was supposed well, hold on, to... Well, real quick on that card. Um, did you list them announcers when they were talking about, uh, you know, speaking to young kids? Michael Rivera, the kid that fought Fennel Maldonado Jr. Yeah. What How about... many times were they calling him the next Tito Trinidad? They, they, his, it wasn't his nickname uh, something Tito, Little Tito or something. Um, but, but listen, the announcing, I, it was terrible. Darrell and, and Keith Thurman... You know, uh, Ray Ray's a, a decent guy. He was doing double duty. He was also doing the announcing uh, in the uh, uh, in in for the you know in the venue too. He was announcing winners and scores and stuff. Uh, I, I love that kid. I've I've gotten to meet him several times. Um, you know, over the last several years, he's 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 a hard worker. But it's a bad luck comparison, Bill. Any time that anybody's ever been compared to uh, Felix Trinidad, um, Thomas DeLorme, for example, they seem to uh, suffer a bad loss not long after that, and then their career has never gotten back on track. And at least Thomas DeLorme is Puerto Rican. No, at least there was a parallel, right? But, uh, um, Something. <laughs> yeah, Errol Spence Jr., everybody wants to see him back in the ring. Obviously, uh, he had the, the car accident. And he was scheduled to uh, uh, go before the court for his uh, DWI case. And apparently it's been pushed back all the way to, to uh, March 9th. Um, do you think that his team pushed back the, the, the legal case so he could fight? Or do you think that, you know, he's still doing his rehab? I mean, after all, the accident took place in October. Um and he was banged up pretty bad. Uh, what's your thoughts on on the legal case being pushed back? I think that's a mistake. You know, first and foremost, everybody is happy. Errol Spence is okay. That's the most important thing, whether or not he was going to fight again at all. But because Errol Spence went out there and did something that was totally foolish, yes, he's, he's young, um, he made a mistake. It's not the first time we've seen Errol Spence Jr., out in public, drunk. Uh, we've seen him on the PBC shows. Uh, you know, fans have talked about that. You know, quite a few times. 
I believe that um, he needs to take care of his personal life. And I believe, and we've seen this throughout history, Bill, with a lot of fighters, you know, once they uh, gain that fame and some money, when they're able to, whether or not it's a minor offense or it's a major offense, when they're able to push these cases back and somehow make them go away with just a slap on the wrist, not that Errol Spence Jr. Um, should get any jail time or anything, but, you know, he needs to face that music. You know, and they get this uh, this mindset and this mentality that it's okay. Now, Errol Spence Jr., because of the things I mentioned and because of this foolish mistake he made with the accident, he needs every single way possible whether or not it's the team whether or not it's the courts and of course to himself to say listen I gotta get back on track or what's gonna happen is I'm gonna become an Adrian Broner type yeah well you know, worry about that worry about your personal business first boxing's gonna be here when he gets back you know I'm being asked in the, in the chat room about Tank Davis um, you know he's having some legal issues too and, and you know I wasn't gonna mention it but you know, the truth of the matter is, is, is Tank Davis, I, I loved him. I mean, this was a guy that, to me, showed so much promise. I mean, you know, and then as soon as he got, not even, <clears throat> you can't even say he's at the top of his game yet, but as soon as he got that, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, in the discussion, he changed. He started hanging around with the wrong people. Uh, we've seen many a video clip of him uh Let's just say uh, in a very good mood, um, you know, heading down the wrong path, uh, hanging with Broner, et cetera, et cetera. It's a shame because now he's going to be facing that. He's, uh, you know, he's claiming that the video surfaced of, of him choking uh, a woman who turns out to be, according to him, um, you know, the mother of one of his kids and all this stuff. I mean, these guys lose the battles outside the ring quicker than they lose the battles inside the ring. What's your thoughts? Well, you hit it right on the head. First, uh, you know, the wrong people hanging out with the wrong people and um, the wrong people in his ear. You know, he's only 25 years old. He's been in the public eye now for about five years. Um, you know, the people in his ears have done nothing but tell him how great he is, uh, you know, what his future is going to hold. Uh, you know, he's made, uh, you know, some decent money. So that's a lot. We see that all the time in boxing. Adrian Broner, who he's continuously being compared to for uh, valid reasons, we've seen that happen with him. You know, too much, too soon. And in boxing, that's what. That's why it's important to have the right people around you. You know, it's not just about guiding your career. And you know, it's just about you know helping you adjust and get you know adjusted to that life in general. You know, when you're up there, you're not just a world champion, but you know, you're a world champion that is placed in the public eye and considered at that very elite. There's a lot of pressure. And sometimes, Bill, you know, and I've heard fighters tell me this themselves, and you know that, you know, where you're almost expected to uh, perform. You know, there's almost like, you know, two versions. You know, the, you know, there's the Javante Davis, and then there's the Tank Davis. And, you know, Javante uh, Davis has to decide which one is he going to be. Is he going to be Javante Davis, the fighter, or is he going to be Tank Davis, the personality? Because Tank Davis, the personality, isn't working out all too well with him. No, no, it's it's not. Does it's that make not. sense? What I said, you, you know. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I like, like you know, like Broner, you know, you can, you know, you should have stayed Adrian Broner instead of uh, about billions Broner. Right, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, and it's a shame because Broner had the skill set too, especially uh, in the lightweight division. Um, one last thing I, I wanted to ask you, Dax. You know, I, I, I was saying today, and one of the, the topics on today's show. Is I think boxing made a mistake. You know, it's Super Bowl weekend. It's here in the States. It's, you know, the biggest, the biggest 
sports weekend uh, in the United States every year. This is the biggest weekend. I mean, everybody's going to watch the game, whether they're a fan or not. They may not even watch it. They may be just going to a Super Bowl party for the party. But my point is, why wouldn't boxing have picked last night to showcase a big fight to try to, you know, everybody was is into trying to watch something. People watching basketball games that never watch basketball games, you know, just because it's an event. You know, we get we get uh, Yugos, um, but maybe the Fury Wilder rematch or or Anthony Joshua Pulev or or you know watching Lomachenko in a fight or Triple G or Daniel Jacobs, a- any of these big names. What's your thoughts about having them on a Super Bowl Eve night to try to? Try to publicize and get some PR out for the sport. Oh, absolutely. Um, now, if uh, you just want to kind of, as Bill would say, put on my promoter hat, what you would have wanted to do is, since it's in Atlanta, um, you know, have a fight card in Atlanta, um, get, you know, the, the one of the, you know, the big name from Atlanta, you know, uh, you know, in Vander Holyfield down there, or, um, you know, somebody could have had, um, his son who, um, had his pro debut earlier, uh, during last year, have him fight on the card and do exactly what you said, capitalize on it because all those fans visiting from out of town, um, for the Super Bowl, uh, they would have been looking for something to do. I'm sure they would have showed up for that. And then, of course, you would have had the TV. And absolutely, it was, you know, a lot of opportunity missed. Or um, like Coach said in the other chat room, saying, you know, that card from Miami the other night, that could have been on last night, and that would have been a great segue into tonight. Yeah, I'm not sure why they picked uh, that on Thursday night. And you make a great point. To have it, you know, first of all, the host city that they have the Super Bowl in generally is sold out as soon as they announce where it's going to be before the teams are even picked. And this year, the, the Super Bowl tickets are, are outrageously high anyway. Um, but to have it there, for all the people that actually travel to the host city in hopes that they can find a way into the game or at least pick up the, the feeling of you know what's going on in the pubs and bars and stuff like that, you're right. Um, to have a, a live boxing event on that Saturday night um, definitely would have drew people. Definitely, you know, it, it's they 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 made a mistake. They made a mistake. I mean, no disrespect to you guys, Dallas, but um, in 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 Mississippi, no doubt. Um, yeah, they they made a mistake, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the other night I was in Hatfield, New Jersey, for uh, an event with uh, Jackie Atkins and you know Newburgh Hook Elite Gym, and um, and we are at a VA hall, and it was sold out, and a lot of the people were speaking about exactly. Matter of fact, the one table by us, um, next to the ring, they uh, the one guy was talking about how um. He said, you know, yeah, boxing tonight and, uh, you know, having some uh, some drinks. And goes, and then Sunday the Super Bowl. He goes, this is a great weekend, and my wife's out of town. Yeah, that was why. <laughs> That's why he was having such a good time. Do you have a prediction? That might have been the best, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Do you have a prediction on the Super Bowl before we let you go? Yeah, I picked the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees, I think they have a good shot at winning. I think they do. <laughs> you, know, you know I don't watch it. I know you don't. <laughs> I but know I'm you gonna, don't. I'm going to say the Chiefs. You like the Chiefs, okay? Yeah, All right. You know, I'm going to say the Chiefs. It's hard to it's hard to go against the Chiefs with Mahomes. I mean, uh, he's such an electric player, and you know I've talked to many player, uh, many people about the game, and everybody's talking Mahomes, and he's got some weapons, and the defense is coming on, and you know I got an interesting comment from a lifelong Eagles fan. I asked him yesterday, or actually Friday, I said, you know, who are you picking? He says, I'm going with the Chiefs uh, because of the coach. And I said, but 
but that's the problem with him. He's choked in these big games. Yeah, when he was with the Eagles and all of that stuff, I said, yeah, but that, you know, that's that's the problem. You know, he, he hasn't won these big games. You know, he sticks to his offensive plan. Maybe he's finally got a quarterback now that can, you know, make those special things happen. It'll be interesting to see, but uh, I'll be watching it for sure. Are, are you? I'm sure you're watching it at least, right? No. <laughs> I knew, uh, you, you you going to an event? Are you going to at least head choke down some chicken wings or what? No, I'll actually, I'll actually be at the gym. Oh, there you go. Well, hey, you're uh, you don't don't be surprised if uh, they have it on the TV while you're there. That that if you look at every single one of my social media accounts, they all say the same thing. Unless it has four, six, eight, ten, or a twelve round distance, I don't care. <laughs> you're you're one of the last ones, Dax. I'll tell you. But I'm listen, is it Bill? You've known me over a decade, Bill. I, I don't care. No, I I know, <laughs> I know. Even though you, I've seen you, I've seen you in a Buffalo Bills hat. So uh, you know that's that's that. But and then you told me, I said, oh, you're a Bills fan. No, I'm borrowing a hat. Or some one of your relatives gave you the hat or something and, and like that's that. what it is years ago i had an uncle that was a big bills fan and yeah. uh, i was only a teenager and i had to sit and that's probably why i'll never watch football again i had to sit through four freaking years and then that team losing and listen <laughs> look at him sulk <laughs> <laughs> at least Especially they, when they missed by the field goal that one year so oh god and they, they they ran scott norwood out of town what are you kidding you know but, watching uh, a grown man sit there and cry it's like come on man yeah well i do it every year but uh, <laughs> and your team don't even get to the Super Bowl. I got to see them once. I got to see them once. I was eight years old. But yeah, uh, that's back when you were in your thirties. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> no, Broadway so I, Joe was playing. I, I was eight. I was eight. But uh, anyway, thirty-eight. <laughs> yeah, <child>. yeah. <laughs> All right, Dax. Uh, All right. All right. Listen, you have a good one, my man, and we'll talk you next too. week. I'll talk All to right. you soon. All right, that's Dax Con. Check out his column up on uh, Billy C uh, Boxing dot uh, com and. Uh, Dax wasn't being uh, that kind to me with uh, making the uh, uh, the age cracks, uh, the age jokes cracks, I should say. But uh, uh, in any event, hey, listen, uh, you're looking for something to do? Well, the first thing you should do is uh, buy yourself uh, a, a, a um, bottle of this stuff right here um, for sure. Uh, get yourself uh, some Kenny Bears. Um, I have been talking about uh, all of their stuff for, for so many uh, weeks now and years, and I, I've become, um, I don't know, addicted to the stuff. It's a, it's, a, it's a dangerous word to say these days, but uh, get yourself. This is the two new uh, products, the Kenny Bears All-Purpose Seasoning Salt, and Seasoned Salt, and their uh, Blackened Season. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, barbecue rub that uh, has made them uh, uh, so uh, famous, uh, at least in, in my opinion, uh, Kenny Bear's barbecue rub. I, I still want to get my hands on uh, Kenny when he was Tinkerbell. They did a commercial with him on, on Tinkerbell. But just visit uh, southerngourmetspice.com, get yourself uh, an order and uh, together, and make sure you tell them Billy C sent you. Joining us right now. Who's uh, he's, if if you could see him like I do, it looks like he should be uh, one of those paintings, sitting there uh, thinking, pondering, pondering what I'm going to ask him. Uh, my man uh, Alex Papali joins us. Are you pondering a thought right now? I I am. I was <laughs> pondering. I, I'm my cat has been playing. Well, he's sparring. He's got a fake mouse. So if you hear noise during this, um, 
it's him. He's in a. You know, th- there's one thing I've learned with you, Alex. Always expect the unexpected when <laughs> when when you when you are are live. You know, and and uh, you know, you never know who's gonna walk into the shot or what you guys are gonna be doing in the background when the camera's not on you. And now cats and iguanas and all, all kinds of stuff, but. Uh, like swimming with sharks. Yeah. You, never <laughs> you, ne- you never can tell. But uh, in any event, all right, you're you're a uh, you're a New Englander, and and uh, Thursday night, a New Englander fought. I think the last person they finally woke up uh, in the third row that told him that the fight was over and he had to leave. But Dimitri Sanjay, I, I mean, I'm sorry, man. The guy is. Uh, He's a boring fighter. He's a boring fighter. And, you know, like I was actually given uh, accolades to Floyd Mayweather, who I always thought was boring too, but at least he showed glimpses and and showed us the skill set he, he possessed. Andre doesn't. He, he, he fights cautiously. Um, he doesn't do anything spectacularly, in my opinion. And he's a type of fighter I, I could care less if I see. What was your thoughts on the fight and the performance and all the negativity I just threw at you? Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think, unfortunately, that's the thing that we've gotten with Demetrius Andrade is that he's very skilled. However, um, he uses those skills um, to reduce uh, as much risk as he can, which, of course, you know, people would say people might say, well, that's the name of the sport, uh, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, however, it doesn't put asses in seats. Um, risk puts asses in seats. Uh, danger uh, is what people want to watch. Demetrius Andrade is really good at um, using distance to reduce that uh, level of danger. Um, and he's able to move in and out very, very quickly to score and then get out of range. So it ends up making a for a very dull fight because you've got um, one guy just sort of reaching and missing and the other guy pitter-patting. And then, I, I don't know, to me, I tend to like punchers. Uh, I don't like stylus as much. That's sort of my own boxing compass. If you've, if you've listened to me for a while, I think that's kind of obvious. That doesn't mean that I think there's no place for them. But I do think that it's a style that, for me, uh, it's a little bit more difficult to watch. Uh, Demetrius Andrade is a, is a stylist. And uh, a stylist is somebody who's you know, gets, gets things to happen, not necessarily only from punches. He's using movement. Uh, you know, he's a, more of a thinker. And that's, you know, that's the way to be in the sense of longevity for the sport. Uh, stylists tend to last longer. Um, but you're right. It's a problem when it comes to marketability. Uh, eventually, st- uh, uh, you know, the one of the greatest stylists was Muhammad Ali. There was plenty of times, I mean, you would never say about him he didn't take risk. Uh, so what I'm saying, it doesn't mean that stylists, you know, are always boring. That's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, you've got to find a balance somewhere. And unfortunately, Demetrius Andrade... Uh, this is something we've seen a lot. Uh, his fights are kind of dull. And, and that was even the thing that I, I think you even had him sort of reaching 
for the first few rounds because he thought he could get him out of there real quick. And that uh, and that made it worse because yeah. he he looked he looked so out of himself trying to do that. Absolutely. And 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 I was saying to myself he's looking ordinary like 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 all the skill set you try to say well he's boring because just like you were trying to you know give him give him uh you know make a case for him uh, but then when he tries to 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 you know put the pedal down he looked awkward and and out of out of his skin, you know. It just it it was pathetic. And 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 by the way, no disrespect to Luke Keeler, but it was Luke Keeler. I mean, I you know this is a guy that uh, you know hasn't fought anybody, and it's just a sacrificial lamb, a, a a proverbial punching bag, if you will. You know, I, I mean that's who he was fighting, and uh, you know, I, I mean I I can't believe I I'm. I'm given as many accolades to Floyd Mayweather, but and and I thought he was a, a complete boring fighter. There's no question. But during the twelve rounds of boreness, is that a word? Boreness. Boredom. Oh, boredom. Oh, okay. Thank you. You need an English major to correct me every <laughs> so often. I'm the slip Mahoney of. Uh, well, half of you probably don't even know who that is. But anyway, um, you know, during uh, Floyd's twelve rounds of boredom, uh, he would always sprinkle in. Some excitement in terms of maybe some accurate punching, some hand speed, a display of something that makes you say, oh, yeah, man, if he did that for 12 rounds, man, he would be the best. Demetrius doesn't do any of that. I, I, I've never seen him really show me, I, and, and don't get me wrong, it's not like I don't think he possesses pa talent because I, I know he does, but he never displays it in the ring, and I think that that's hurt him. And like Dax said, in addition to the you know his wrong promotional team uh, choices, this guy's you know he's he he has to face a tough opponent like a, a Devorinchenko or a Mugaya or a Charlo. I'd love to see him fight Jamal Charlo. Just I'd like to see who would come out on top. But uh, you know what I'm saying. And I think the thing about it is that I, I think in order to see a guy like that in a really good fight. You need a guy who's really a pressing um, punching machine. Maybe a Golovkin, that might bring out a good fight. But again, if Andrade's able to do what he does best, he would sort of drain the uh, excitement out of it because he would spend much more time uh, using his legs and using distance. That's the big thing about Floyd is that um, in some of his best fights – I mean, the one I'm thinking of is the Maidana fight, is um, the first Maidana fight, uh, which I thought was one of the most competitive fights Floyd had as a welterweight. And the thing that I thought was impressive was that he was able to make adjustments and then come on and I thought, uh, you know, convincingly beat him that first time. Um, you know, it was a seven to five decision, but it, that was decisive enough. The thing about it is that Maidana was the kind of guy that he doesn't care if some shots are missing. That's the way you overwhelm a really good counterpuncher. It's the same thing in a war. If you've got uh, if you've got one country that has really good missile defenses uh, and they are able to take out all your missiles before they come in, well, the way you overwhelm it is by throwing sending lots of missiles their way. Uh, that's the same thing you do with a. Um, a counterpuncher like that is, I mean, if you look at fights like Glenn Coffey Johnson versus Roy Jones Jr., that's exactly what he did. Uh, he came out and just threw, threw lots and lots of punches. 
we've never, at least not that I can think of, have we seen a guy fight Andrade with that style. That might bring out the best of him um, because then uh, he'd have to fight more of each round. But And I think maybe this is uh, appropriate today because uh, it's a big football day. Uh, remember, boxing is more, you know, they say football is a game of inches. Boxing is more of a game of millimeters. You don't have to be miles away from a guy to make him miss. That was the thing about Floyd in the Maidana fight is that he stayed close in. And when he was able to get out of the way, he'd just move a little bit like in the old Jake LaMotta way is you just move with the punch a little or the way you catch a fastball is you kind of move your hand. That kind of a defense is a lot more engaging because both guys are in range, punching range. So it's more fun to watch. Well, that is the definite. And that's where my hang up with Floyd Mayweather has always been. And when people tell me, oh, he's a how can you say that? He's a great defensive fighter. Well, to me, being a defensive fighter means what you just said, that you are standing in front of your opponent. They can't hit you as much like as they try, but you're hitting them like sort of like a guy named Vasily Lomachenko. You know, uh, there's a guy that you know he's right in front of you, and and you see him. You can almost you, you can feel him if he wasn't hitting you, uh, and you know you can't hit the guy. You know, and that is great. That's the sweet science. But uh, speaking of uh, a great fight, and speaking of a guy who. Uh, is noted for his sweet science ability, Tevin Farmer, my man, uh, my kid, Jojo Diaz. And you heard it. Yeah. Remember, I predicted it last week. I said, yeah. Jojo Diaz is going to win this fight. Um, I didn't think, I thought the fight was more of a one-sided fight than the scores indicated. I mean, 116-112 uh, or better, I would have, I didn't score it, so I, I can't, but, uh, you know, after watching the fight, but two of them having it as close as they did, 115-113, um, I thought was a little su suspect. I, I didn't think Tar uh, uh, Tevin Farmer um, was making it that close of a fight. I, I thought that Jojo Diaz uh, was pushing the action, was landing the harder shots. Uh, um, maybe it was all that blood. It was a vicious cut. Oh, it was like he had an extra hole. You should have uh, loved, of all people, you, you. I just watched you shiver. That shouldn't, that that should be nothing to a guy like you, Mr. Horror Guy. Come on. I, well, yeah, you know, well, that's the way I am. I cringe, but then I look again. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't look. I couldn't look. Like when they first showed a close. Playback. I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm watching on a big screen TV. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's gross. That's gross. And I'm saying, oh, man, first round, this doesn't look good. And I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking, well, maybe it was the second round. I'm like, oh, get it to the fourth round because I thought he was winning. I mean, easily. I figure, you know, they get done with the fourth round. They go they go to the scorecards. He wins. Um, but uh, they they did a great job on that cut in the, in the corner because, uh it never, they never even looked at it again, I don't recall. Yeah, I really think that, um, and I think Mark Kriegel a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago or something did a thing on cut men. And I think we really are living in an amazing era for cut men because um, we have seen some absolutely ghastly cuts that, that the fights didn't end um, over the last few months. And that was another one. It, it basically had like, he had a sunroof in his eyelid, uh, and it was crazy. Um, 
that was just gross. And I can't understand. Uh, I mean, this sport impresses me every every day. Um, I wouldn't. I can't imagine what it must be like to have a wound like that and to keep getting punched on it. Wow. Yeah. Guts. I tell you, um, I, I've always been a big JoJo Diaz fan. I, I know you're jealous of his hairstyle because you, you too wanted that, especially when you saw him in Vegas. But, um, him and Red Catch. Yeah, you know, yeah, Red Catch too. But um, I think that Diaz, and, and this is the bittersweet part of winning a title. Um, now you got the bullseye on your back. And the one, the one point that goes against what I always say. I always say that I feel that fighters should, you know, learn and, and become the best they can be and then get a shot at a title and then prove that they're the best. What has happened in today's sport is that um, they get coddled, they get a shot, and then people accept the fact that they're developing while they're a champion. And... In Jojo Diaz's case, he has uh, the reason why I picked him last week was because he did fight the tougher opposition, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but he's not as skilled as Tevin Farmer. With that said, now that he's a champion, uh, and his first fight as a champion may, may very well be against Tevin Farmer in the rematch, but he needs to tighten up his game. And the, the one thing I, I notice about him is that he needs to be a little more accurate with his punches. Uh, he, and I don't know if that's more for Farmer, giving Farmer credit for his defensive skill, uh, or Jojo Diaz, because I have seen Jojo Diaz do the same thing, where he's he's letting his hands go, he's in phenomenal shape, he could take a punch, he can you know deliver a punch, but sometimes they're just a little bit off. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think that that's well, and I think maybe some of that might be um, the opponent, um, and you know that's where you know they go back, go back to the drawing board and take a look at uh, the performance and try to get it better. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, depending, you know, some in some cases nowadays it's not uncommon to see that where a guy has a title and uh, he's not a complete fighter yet. Um, and uh, I, I don't I, – it's, it's, it's different than it used to be. I mean, you didn't see that in the 60s and 70s. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily think it uh, could be the, spell the end for a guy uh, if he's developed right in terms of, um, you know, once he has the title, if the, they pick the right, right opponents. I, I think Jojo Diaz is um, – is coming along well, and I, and I think that what he uh, accomplished this week, you know, is definitely a great uh, another uh, stage of development. So, uh, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think the best is yet to come with him. I think Farber's the one who is going to have to regroup, and you know, I mean, the whole thing with the twitching was weird. But from what I had read on on Twitter, I saw that post fight evaluations were fine. So, uh, you know. I, I, I don't want to say that there was medically something that involved him. I thought what Jojo Diaz is uh, what caused him to lose, uh, not uh, something, you know, inside. I thought I give Jojo Diaz more credit for keeping focused when 
farmer did his looking up in the sky, uh, Twitch or whatever you want to call it, um, I could see that really screwing up the, the person you're fighting, you know. Uh, so I give Jojo Diaz credit. As far as Tevin Farmer and, and you know, that, that issue uh, that he does, um, I, I, he's been safe to this point. I mean, all it takes in this sport is a split second, and when you're looking up and you're not seeing something coming, uh, I don't know, he's doing it in the corner. I, you know, it is what it is. But uh, well, Remember Mike Tyson had that weird – that was he had that sort of neck stretch he developed that was sort of this weird tick and then it sort of went away there's a few fights where if it started on his walk to the ring he would do this sort of weird neck thing again and again and then he'd do it in the corner uh i don't know this is you know these guys are getting hit in the head <laughs> i guess we shouldn't be too surprised that weird things happen well the worst the worst uh you know hitch so to speak they call it in baseball they call it hitch in the swing um where they it's a timing mechanism that young players can get away with little league high school even you know as you're getting to the college levels but when you get to the major leagues you know that crick in your swing or hitch in your swing or whatever um, you know, that split second that you do that, the ball's past you, you know. And, and, and in boxing, the one that bothers me the most is Leo Santa Cruz with the, with the, with the glove. You know, he's spinning the glove, he's spinning the glove. And uh, to me, uh, you know, that's a terrible habit because if you're doing that and you're ready to throw a punch, it, it's almost like you're losing time because you can't deliver a punch doing that, you know. But uh, Right. Well, and that's the th that's the issue too with headgear. Um, too is that very often when you watch a fight, a uh, sparring session, or uh, well, now the amateurs, I guess the Olympics will be without the headgear. But that's one of the things you notice is is the fighters will have their hands up and then they touch their they're constantly adjusting their headgear, and it's like that's taking up time. Um, you know, granted, you're 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 both doing it. Uh, because the headgear is constantly moving, but you're right. I mean, all those kind of ticks and little little um, uh, weird things, um, you know, those in a pro game could spell danger. Um, you know, you, you you gave me a segue that I just can't go to right now with the headgear, but we're going to go to it in a second. I wanted to get your thoughts on the you guys fight last night, not the you guys fight. We've talked about that uh, to death, um, and I know you agree about uh, Raymond uh, Guardo. Um, you know, should have stayed in school. But uh, the 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 fight, I want I I want you to fight, talk. That was fight was fun though. It was um, fun, was... but it, it was fun. Okay, fight of the year. It should be it fight of the year. Fight of the year. Fight of the year. What for? Yeah. For less than two rounds of brutality, which. In any other case, I would say, yeah, 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 except it displayed no skill. I, right. a, fight right. of the year, a, a fight of the year has to have skill and that brutality. You know what I mean? And, and we didn't see anything from either of those two. And, and I think it was also uh, dangerous because you could almost have made an argument that it should have been stopped in the first round. It could have um, been. It should And it was looking like it should have been. And then earlier in the second round, same thing. Yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, that, I mean that, that kid was, was in trouble. But uh, me, that whole thing did seem there was a lot of warning signs about that because 
usually, and Steve Farhood, I think, talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I forget if it was on Showtime or uh, it was, I, th- I forget what, it was where Jack Mosley was the trainer. Um, I can't remember what fight that was. Um, but he was talking about father-son duos in boxing and how now, right now, we're living in a time where there, there's a lot of them and they're working very well. That wasn't always the case. A lot no. of times they were horrible. Terrible. Uh, father-son duos. And that sounds like a case where it might not very might, might not be very good because for the father to have given the kid the advice to quit school and then um, and focus just on boxing, that kind of, you know, I mean, granted, I'm completely looking from the outside, but that smacks of the dad wanting to live through his son. Well, the dad, um, the dad, pro- I, the dad probably uh, uh, left school too. And if they both would have stayed in another couple of weeks, they would have learned in school that you don't fight like that. Right. <laughs> that, that, you know, you need to have some skill. But uh, uh, I wanted to ask you about Dion Nicholson. He was the cruiserweight that opened up the card last night. Um, didn't you didn't see it? No, I didn't see that. Uh, uh, well, check it out. Um, okay. he, uh, he He's a promising cruiserweight, and I love the cruiserweights. All right, going back to when you really laid out a, a, a great segue for me that I wasn't able to capitalize on, have you caught the news that they are trying to put together uh, a Riddick Bow fight, um, which maybe he should have been wearing headgear? Uh, Riddick Bow. Uh, possibly going in with uh, Alonzo Butler. Um, I, you know, R- Riddick Bowe should not be allowed to fight again. And um, although his record is imp- impressive, um, and realistically his last fight was in 2008, but really you got to go back to uh, 1996 in his uh, second disqualification win over Andrew Golotta. Uh, because he didn't fight after that uh, for eight years against Marcus Rhodes. So why they would let this guy fight is uh, is beyond me. What's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, that would be awful. Um, I would hate to see that. Uh, I, I think if we if you think back over Riddick Bowe's career, I even think that um, remember there was that incident where he uh, – uh, had an issue with his uh, the mother of his children, and he actually kidnapped her for a period, and like drove across the state with her and one of the kids, and then you know, and then they then he came back and stuff. And I remember one of the defenses they used there was he had joined the Marine Corps for a week. One of the defenses they used <laughs> in court was that um, he was demented. He ha- yeah, that he had brain damage from boxing. Exactly. So I don't know how you go from. Hey, yeah, I had brain damage from boxing. To, can you let me box? Um, that's. I would hope nobody does let him box. I I hope so too. And I, you know, I remember the Hall of Fame weekend. I very rarely go to the Banquet of Champions dinner and stuff um, because been there, done that. But the last time I've been there and done that. Riddick Bowe happened to have been there with uh, Tommy to Duke Morrison before he passed. And both of those guys got up and they were really trying to put together a fight against each other 
to save boxing was the way they were trying to sell it. And it stuck with me because it, it showed how pathetic it can be as well. And the discussion of this is pathetic. But wait, there's more. Because if you act now, I even have more of a pathetic potential matchup that is in the news as we speak, Alex P. And you know what it is? Because I know you're dying to see the rematch. Everybody wants it. Uh, yes, I'm talking about Larry Holmes against Jerry Cooney. Larry Holmes at 70, Jerry Cooney at 63. And who's the promoter? Yes, Lou DiBella. And, and they are talking about this, and they are talking about it for being a, a fundraiser and you know having a playful rematch on the undercard of a major pay-per-view fight and the guys will wear headgear and have to pass these things. I, are you I kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, I, first I, of all, the, the the definition of a playful rematch would turn me away right off the bat. I don't want to see two old guys, nothing against either one of them. I love Jerry Cooney, all right? He's one of the funniest guys you ever want to meet. Um, but to see him in the ring clowning around with Larry Holmes... Uh, at 70, and I, I just, I, I don't have anything else to say. What's your thoughts? See, I would love to see that oh kind of God. thing. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 wait. At Canastota, that would be the kind of thing that, you know, in, if you put that in front of a bunch of uh, boxing fans, like hardcore boxing fans that go to the Hall of Fame, they'd enjoy it. They'd get some laughs. I mean, I'm t if we're talking about an exhibition, like you said, with headgear. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you look at that, um, you could find on uh, YouTube an old clip of Joe Jeanette sparring with uh, Jack Johnson when they're both in their 60s. They did a little exhibition for uh, buying war bonds. And that kind of thing is awesome. I I'd like that uh, nowadays. We never see that. Now, I hope... They don't put it on the zone uh, like they're doing with these YouTube kids because no, nobody wants to see that in place of an actual fight. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's um, it's not to me. That's not on the same level at all as Riddick Bowe versus Alonzo Butler. Riddick Bowe versus Alonzo Butler would be criminal. Um, Holmes Cooney two would be kind of fun because it's very much, you know, tongue in cheek, I'm sure. They'd they'd be they'd be messing with each other. I know, but I don't want to watch it. when it comes to boxing, I want to see real fights and I want to see the two combatants trying their hardest to win the fight. I don't want to see two guys playing around that somebody's got to pay for. You know, I, and I'll tell you this right now. Jerry Cooney is a comedian. He's a funny funny guy, all right? Outside the ring. Larry Holmes is not. He's not a nice guy. He's not the kind of guy you want to hang around. And, and Larry Holmes is the kind of guy that would take this very seriously. And if Jerry Cooney was in there, because Jerry Cooney's a, a, a kind of guy that likes his cigars. You'll see him at an event, and he'll have his dress clothes on and no socks. That's Jerry Cooney. He's, a, he's from Long Island. He's a beach guy. You know, I mean, uh, uh, that's Jerry Cooney. Larry Holmes, uh-uh. Larry Holmes uh, is is still as competitive as he always was. And, well, you know, I, I mean, it is what it is. It's sort of like 
when Muhammad Ali, and, and they're both past now, God rest their souls, but Muhammad Ali uh, lit the torch for the Olympics in, in uh, Atlanta, and who did they interview? They interviewed Joe Frazier. Hey, Joe, what, what do you think of uh, Muhammad Ali uh, lighting the thing? And Joe Frazier goes, well, if I was up there, I'd push him right in those flames. I'll tell you that right now. You know, and, and it's like, damn, come on, Joe. Can't you get it? Look at the poor guy. You know, he's like, I'll push him right in. If I had a chance, I'd fight him right now. You know, and it's like that, that's like putting those two guys in the ring. You know, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier at the end of their careers, like uh, at that stage, and, you know, hoping that, you know, somebody's going to playfully play with Muhammad Ali and, and Joe Frazier would be trying to take his head off. You know, I, I mean, that that is what I see with Larry Holmes. I don't care what anybody says, you know. Well, I tell you, if it was – I thought you were going to say Larry Holmes versus George Foreman. But that's the thing is that we never got to see them fight. And you're right. I think if they were to fight today, they would both try to murder each other. Yeah. Um, because – and I think in a way – there's something about boxing. You know, boxing is the most metaphoric sport because uh, it life it feels like a fight. It's a struggle, um, and I think that uh, in a way, that's you know what life is about is trying to let go of those kind of resentments. It's sort of refreshing to think that after everything Joe and, and Ali had been through, he still wanted to shove him into the fire. He did. When I heard him say that, I was like, oof. oof. You know, I guess they never did uh, bury some, the old head. Some resentments never die. Yeah, and, and he's like, he said it right on the air. He's like, I'll push you, him you right in. that? You're Italian. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. It's sad, but it's it's an eight, you know. Uh, you know, and he's like, uh, what will I do? I'd push him right in that fire. You know, oh, geez, Joe. <laughs> you know, cut to the commercial. But uh, uh, anyway, um, Alex, we... Uh, we, we got the Super Bowl weekend, and one of the points that I made today is that I feel boxing really missed an opportunity to put on uh, a, a big fight uh, last night on Super Bowl Eve. Um, Dax made a great point to have it in the, the whole city. Um, you know, people are just jonesing for any kind of sport. You know, I watched bowl. There was a bowling championship on before the fights yesterday, and I actually found myself watching it. Not nothing against bowling, but I mean, this guy won, and he's they're all all the fans. He's, he had a big fro, and they're they're like doing the, the picking at his fro, and he's you know wearing this funky outfit and i mean you know trying to make bowling as as exciting as you could possibly make it okay um and my point is the place was sold out they had it on tv it was it's the biggest sports weekend uh, of the year here in the united states and we get Ugas against mike dallas jr i think boxing missed it i think they should have had a big fight a triple g fight or um you know, Anthony Joshua against Pulev or, or something. Uh, the rematch with uh, Wilder and, and Fury. I mean, I, 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 I can't imagine it, you know, being hit out of the park if they do that on, on, a, on a Super Bowl Eve. What's your thoughts on that, on that idea? Um, I think that's it's tough because um, I didn't think last night's card was that terrible in terms of the fact that it was sort of like, an appetizer for Super Bowl weekend. Uh, unfortunately, I... I don't think... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't think that card was terrible last night. No, I don't. Right. And I'm not And I'm not knocking it. But 
it wasn't a premier card that could have gotten the audience that we need to watch boxing. That's my point. I, I, I maybe the numbers were were well, but they should have picked a better announcing team, no? Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the issues. But I think the other thing, to me, I thought that was a decent fight for a Super Bowl weekend only because the Super Bowl takes up so much press and so much fan attention. I don't think if it was a bigger fight, it would have gotten the attention it deserved. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. If if you have a Tyson Fury... Uh, Deontay Wilder rematch in Atlanta the night before at a venue and you got millions of people that are going there in hopes that they can find their way to to the to the game or or watch it in a in a bar to, just around other people that have traveled I I, I I I don't know man I you know I just think that I just think we needed a bigger fight and no disrespect to you guys in Dallas but a bigger main event than that fight. That's all I'm saying. I think it would have helped the sport. It 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 could it could have. I mean, because that's the thing about it is that um, you know anytime you know you want to take advantage of the most eyes, and you're right. There would there potentially Super Bowl weekend. There could be more eyes. That's so, the yeah, point. Yeah, that's the point. Thing, um, have something good for them to look out, look at, and remember that hey, this this sport is fun. Um, well, they have me. They can always look at me. Something good right. to look at on a, on a Super Bowl Sunday morning. I mean, uh, they got an aging, balding, fat Italian. I mean, what's wrong with that? It could be like, look at that mustache. Yeah, look at look at Are that you poor guy. Me? I <laughs> could see that mustache every sa- that, Sunday morning. You know, they they could do it. what I hope they say is, look at that guy. I feel sorry. Where can I pay him? Where can I give him a super chat? You know, but uh, hey, with all this Super Bowl talk, before we let you go, what's your official prediction? You're you're not going to pull a Dax. You are going to watch the game at least out of the oh, corner absolutely. of your. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching. I'm very. I'm I'm about to start cooking. I'm making me a uh, Beyond Meat um, vegan uh, patty melt. I'm very mm, sounds about. delicious. I wish. I'll send you a photo. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds great, a vegan meal on Super Bowl. I had no wings, no nothing for you. Uh, I'll have a celery stick. What's in that dip? Oh, yeah, that's that sounds good. But uh, anyway, what's, what's in your... that dip? Yeah. Nothing but plants. Yeah, it's it's hummus. Oh, perfect. You know, but uh, uh, is that I, are those really fresh like are are those like fresh that. organic almonds in that dish? Is this nothing mixed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you like work. some? Would you like some milk in your coat? Only if it's almond milk. You <laughs> <Only> know. <laughs> as long as it didn't have parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like that uh, Patrick Mahomes guy. Uh, uh-huh. I've actually watched a lot more football this year than I have in many years because uh, a good friend of mine had um, uh, was in a fantasy football league, so. Uh, we'd sort of, you know, root for different players uh, on different days. And uh, so I really enjoyed watching Patrick Mahomes. I'm um, rooting for them. I, um, uh, for him, uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, and, uh, of course, for J-Lo and Shakira. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, uh, yeah, that's it. That's, see, that's coming from an old, balding, fat Italian. Yeah, J-Lo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that sounds good, like a good show. Yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, they do have some entertainment. I, I've actually always enjoyed being a disgruntled Jet fan. I You know, I don't ever 
expect seeing my team in the Super Bowl during the rest of my lifetime. Um, I did get to see them once, but I happen to look forward to the commercials. Some of them are very, very funny. They they seem to be better. They seemed to have been better years ago, um, but it is always interesting to see what uh, what the companies unveil. And the funny thing is, is that a lot of those commercials. I remember the commercial, but I have no idea what they're trying to sell. You know, it's like it's like this great creativity, and it's put together, and it's funny. It's this, it's that. It's like, oh yeah, what were they trying to sell? Was that an insurance? Was that an insurance commercial? No, I think it was Doritos. Oh, oh, okay, okay, you know. But yeah, uh, I mean, I, 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 one thing I always like is um, the movie trailers. I'm gonna look that up now and see what movie trailers we're gonna see because. Um, I haven't heard anything, and and I'm not sure there is a big Marvel movie coming out that um, they'll be uh, trying to sell. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, for me, seeing um, uh, Britney Spears in those uh, Dallas Cowboys pants um, back what 20 years ago, that was one of the greatest moments of my life. So I think uh, Shakira and J Lo should bury that. Well, I tell you, well J Lo is just a freak of nature she's she's hot but the best um rendition of the star spangled banner that i think i ever recall um at a super bowl has to be whitney houston when she did it and she was dressed in that that white outfit and it was just it was just great i mean she uh, you know every time i think of the super bowl i think of her and for some reason, it's funny how how that how that stuck it stuck so much in my mind. But it was one of the best performances I've ever seen. And uh, you know, it's it's I, I don't think anybody could ever uh, live up to that. But speaking of movies, I heard that they are gonna it, the secret got out that there is a commercial that's gonna feature Bill Murray redoing his his. Um, you know the groundhog. Oh, from Caddyshack. From Caddyshack, yeah. Uh, oh. So, uh, so we'll oh, see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Because it is Groundhog Day today, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, um, that's the thing about the Super Bowl. Did that rat see? Did that rat see its shadow a lot this morning? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Boy, remember the uh, year it died? He was waiting. They had all the cameras. It was dead in its little house. Oh, it was God. terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> But so you're picking the Chiefs. That's your official. Yeah, I'm, go, I'm going with the Chiefs, and uh, I think uh, I think between J Lo and Shakira, I like Shakira a little better. You know me; she's a little more political, so I kind of like that. But wait a uh, minute, wait a minute, you're political? Just a little. Oh. <laughs> okay. She, yeah, she's met Evo Morales and stuff. Yeah, she's um she's pretty cool. That Shakira. Um, but I do think that um. I hope it's a good game because uh, I think that's one of the things that I really like. I think everybody likes about the Mahomes kid is that um, he's this offensive dynamo, uh, and the Chiefs are do these amazing things offensively. So that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be a good game. Alex, we'll look forward to you next week, my man. All right, Billy, see, so take care. That's uh, Alex Papali, um, always uh, giving us his best for sure. And uh, speaking of best, uh, uh, don't forget about uh, Kenny Bears. Yeah, Listen, just do yourself a favor. Go visit uh, southerngourmetspice.com and um, you know, get yourself a bottle uh, 
today. Uh, it's uh, some good stuff for sure. Um, com. Make sure you tell them uh, Billy C sent you. Um, all right. I have uh, I actually uh, it doesn't look like Emily's joining us today. I, I had a uh, uh, an email specifically for Emily. So we'll save it for next week. Um, and speaking of emails, I got one. This one's from my man, Coach. And he said, um, well, I'm, I'm going to hold off on this email for one second. And I want to continue with uh, my thought on boxing missing uh, the boat on uh, last night. I, I, I strongly feel and felt that we should have had a major... Uh, fight card last night. Um, now, I agree with Alex. The PBC card was good. It was an entertaining club show type of a card. I mean, let's be real. I know Ugas is a, is a, is a bigger name, and Mike Dallas Jr. has been around. He, he was a, a, a world title challenger. Um, and, and it was a good main event for, for that card. It was a good card. I, I would love to have seen that card any other weekend except Super Bowl weekend. I just feel, and, and quite honestly, the, the announcing team with Darrell and, and uh, Keith Thurman was terrible. Um, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I'm sorry, uh, you know, to be so critical, but it was terrible. And the PBC uh, announcing teams are generally terrible. Um, and their fights are generally terrible, although we do get some great matchups occasionally. But last night was a, was a good, well-rounded card. We saw some upsets. Um, we saw some action. Uh, we saw some stoppages. Uh, we saw uh, uh, my man Bill Clancy yelling at the corner, um, taking control as a referee. We also saw Bill Clancy miss a knockdown. I think uh, that uh, knockdown uh, at the end of, I forget what round it was, but uh, Ugas uh, landed a shot. And uh, Mike Dallas's foot went up, and it may or may not have slipped. To me, it was he because then he staggered back to his corner. He missed it. It wasn't a slip. Anytime there's a punch, if if you're slipping and you get connected, and a punch gets connected while you're slipping, it's a knockdown. Sorry, boys and girls, it's a knockdown. If there's a punch involved and you hit the deck, it's a knockdown. If there's no punch involved, then the punch doesn't land and you slip and fall. Different story. But that punch clearly landed. Um, I just feel that we should have seen a major main event. Tyson Fury Wilder 2, uh, like I keep mentioning, or Pulev uh, challenging Anthony Joshua, or a Lomachenko fight, or a Triple G fight, or a Daniel Jacobs fight. Um, you know, any of those guys. Um, you know, any top name fighter should have been fighting last night. Um, you know, one of my goals in, in this sport, I've been doing this for 16 years, is to expand the sport, uh, is to help, um, you know, educate people about our sport and to try and get, um, you know, more people involved in the sport of boxing. And the only way to do it is to get it out there, you know, put the events on, um, you know, the club show, the small club show in, in hometown USA um, used to be the backbone 
of the sport of boxing. A show like we saw last night, you know, with the exception of maybe the the Yugos being there, but for the most part, uh, fights just like we saw was commonplace in small towns across the United States. And what it does is it develops a fan base, a following. It develops rivalries, uh, town against town or state against state. Um, We don't see that as much anymore. And the reason we don't is because it's very hard. The powers that be in the sport of boxing have made it very hard for a promoter to put on a club show level show. Um, The cost of doing a show, especially in certain states like uh, New York or Nevada, um, you know, are expensive. And, you know, without TV revenue or now streaming revenue or other some other kind of infusion of do-re-mi, the fight's not going to happen. And one of the reasons is because we don't have the support of the fan to go buy the ticket. Technology has, has made it much too comfortable to watch at home. So the club shows are suffering. And what else suffers with the lack of club shows? Development of fighters. Development of fan base. This is the issue with the sport of boxing. And boxing made a big mistake last night by not putting on a big show uh, to try to capitalize and capture um, some of the... Uh, the, the sports fans that are, are just dying for any kind of sport on a, on Super Bowl uh, Sunday. All right, we got an email from my man, Coach. He says, hey, Billy C., I'm not sure if you're having a show today as a slight turn from the recent boxing action, despite you being a Jets fan. I write this to grab a nugget or two of your overall vast sports knowledge and ask you who you're picking today and why. Uh, And he says, oh, on the boxing football note, I just read a Kansas City report of Chiefs quarterback Pat Mahomes and his fiancée while out to eat were not interrupted or bothered for autograph or selfies while they were eating. After which, upon leaving, he and his girl turned and thanked everyone in the restaurant for not disturbing them and quietly left paying for everyone's meals. I couldn't help but compare that classy move to the constant stories of our sports sports top stars throwing money around strip clubs what's your thoughts i'm going to address this one first my thoughts is that i give credit number one to all the people that were in that restaurant and noticed patrick mahomes and his fiance and respected their time together they deserve a lot of credit and obviously patrick mahomes believe the same thing because he picked up the tab for everybody's restaurant it's a great great move by a a a guy that's going to be a superstar Uh, he's already a superstar but he's going to continue to be a superstar in the sport of football for a long time coach's point is that meanwhile you know you got a guy that's captivating anyone that's watching sports in or I should say, on and off the football field like he displayed at this restaurant. And what does our sport do? Our top guys go to strip clubs and toss dollar bills around. Or our top guys get in front of a mic and say they're going to kill somebody. They know it. They know it. They know they're going to kill somebody in the ring. 
you know, it, it, it's, it attracts a different type of person. And the problem is that you don't end up with support and, and you know, um, corporate sponsorships for boxing because it's too risky to associate your product or service next to some flake that's going to tell you that he wants to eat somebody's children or he wants to kill somebody in the ring or they're hanging out at strip clubs or they're getting drunk and smashing their cars up. I mean, all of the stuff that goes along with the sport of boxing that tarnishes it worse than the people who hate it because of just of what it is, the brutality of it. We need Patrick Mahomes-style guys in the sport of boxing. We need it. We need guys that are going to be the good guys of boxing, you know, um, to show that the sport uh, is, is not as terrible as it may seem. And, you know, the ironic part of it is that most boxers are the most approachable athletes in any sport. In my dealings with sports, and I've dealt directly with, with football, uh, and baseball and boxing. Those are the three top sports that I've personally been involved with um, uh, on a semi-pro or minor league level to professional level on all three, okay? And um, one of the uh, issues that we have with baseball and football is that the stars sometimes aren't as accessible as they used to be back in the day. Baseball stars, football stars used to hang around, sign autographs, take pictures with, with fans, etc. Now, you know, it's, uh, you know, screw you type of an attitude. Uh, I just signed a $100 million deal. I don't need to hang around with a kid. Um, you know, one of the most touching commercials was the, was the uh, soda commercial when, the, you know, um, what was it? Uh, I think it was Franco Harris. Oh no, Mean Joe Green. It was Mean Joe Green. Uh, he gives a kid a, a kid gives him a soda, and he throws him his jersey. You know, so um, you know, and it was touching back then because he was a vicious uh, football player, um, and people could uh, you know connect. Boxing, the fighters themselves, outside the ring, the most approachable athletes in in, in all major sports. Uh, generally they'll talk with you and they love the attention. Um, I wish we had some ambassadors of the sport of boxing like uh, Patrick Mahomes for the NFL. All right, my official prediction for the uh, Super Bowl today. Um, everybody knows that's listened to this show um, that I'm a disgruntled Jet fan. I'm a diehard Jet fan. Unfortunately for my kids and my grandkids, I've kind of forced them being Jets fans too, so I apologize to them because I love them all very much. And I apologize because they are going to uh, be subjected to what I've been subjected to my whole life. The one difference is I got to see the Jets win a Super Bowl, which hooked me as a fan. Never thought I'd, I'd live the next 50 years of my life, 51 years of my life, um, never seeing them get to a Super Bowl again. I, I hope I do get to see them one more time. Um, but with that said, I, I've always been a 49er fan. Joe, John Brody uh, got me, uh, I was into it. Uh, Y.A. Tittle before my time uh, was a quarterback for the 49ers before he uh, was a quarterback for the, for the Giants. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are a great team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, this kid is phenomenal. 
They got an explosive offense. They could score points. I mean, watching the playoff game a couple weeks ago, they were down three touchdowns, uh, four touchdowns, something like that. And uh, before the halftime, they they take the lead. You know, it was just an amazing turn uh, turnaround. Um, their defense is is good. There's no question, and they're playing at the best level right now, which is important. The Chiefs, uh, I love the Chiefs. I, I, I like their, their, you know, they've been a throwback uh, team, in my opinion. Uh, one of the AFL teams, their uniform hasn't changed much. Um, it seems to look like the same guys in those uniforms as when Len Dawson uh, was the quarterback uh, when they uh, played in the Super Bowl. Uh, several Super Bowls. They were a dominating team in the AFL, and when they had the Super Bowls in the AFL, NFL played each other, they were there. This is a great team. They have a great coach. They have it all. Um, the 49ers got Garoppolo. Uh, he's a fantastic uh, quarterback. He's uh, was tutored by, by none other than Tom Brady. They have a vicious defense, um, and they have a lot of talent uh, on the offensive side, too. Who's going to win? Well, it's easy to say uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, there was an individual that the, the 49ers started out as the favorite in this game, uh, but uh, somebody laid a $550,000 bet on the Chiefs, and it forced Vegas to move the line. When I checked yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs were the favorites, um, minus two. Uh, so for being an underdog, I think they were plus three when the line opened to be minus two suggests that a lot of people put money on the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that the reason behind that is because of Patrick Mahomes. At the end of the day, defense wins football games. And the Kansas City defense is not as good as the 49ers defense. And the 49ers defense is better than any team that the Chiefs have played. Because of that, I think that the 49ers defense will keep Patrick Mahomes in check today. I think it's going to be an exciting game. Um, I think it's going to be a somewhat high-scoring game. But at the end of the day, I think that the 49ers offense is going to find the end zone more than the, the Kansas City Chiefs offense. And it's going to be because the 49ers defense is going to prevent them uh, versus the Chiefs defense stopping Garoppolo. My prediction, San Francisco 49ers will win this game. Um, and they're going to win it by a bigger spread than you might think. My official prediction of score is 38-27, San Francisco 49ers. If you haven't placed your bet, put your money on the 49ers. They're not going to lose today. They were the best team in the NFL quietly all year. Um, and you can make an argument that the Chiefs were the best team in the AF AFC. Uh, I personally think the two best teams in the NFL this year on the NFC side was the 49ers, and on the AFC side was the Baltimore Ravens. But what makes the NFL so great is it's one and done, baby. And uh, the Titans uh, derailed the Ravens, and what has sh shaken out are the two best teams that were left in the playoffs, and ironically, I believe the best and third best team in the NFL are playing each other in the Super Bowl. It's very rare that that happens, boys and girls. A lot of times the hottest team gets into the Super Bowl, not always the best. We are going to see the two best. I'm picking the 49ers. Hey, listen, 
Thanks for stopping by. Make sure you tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.